What are the keys to a successful communication strategy for infosec leaders in the current climate? Do phishing tests or crisis simulations destroy trust with remote colleagues? How is the future of cybersecurity changing to match the future of work? On this episode of the Tice Podcast, I talk to Rich Turner, SVP of EMEA at CyberArk. We discuss remote colleagues' cyber habits at home and the challenges infosec leaders have with maintaining and improving cyber hygiene during the COVID-19 pandemic. We discuss whether running phishing tests and crisis simulations remotely are essential or whether they undermine employees' trust in their infosec teams. I'm Russell, Head of Content at TICE, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Rich, thank you for joining us on the TICE podcast today. Could you give us a bit of background about yourself and uh, the company, please? Yeah, hi, I'm Rich Turner. I'm the SVP of EMEA at, uh, at CyberArk. Uh, we're an information security company focused on uh, privilege account uh, management. Uh, and uh, I've been in the information security industry for I don't know, almost 25 years. Excellent. Um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, a report that CyberArk released recently about uh, cyber habits at home. Could you tell us a little bit about the report to start with, please? Yeah, absolutely. So we... Um, uh, we uh, we engaged with an organisation called Wampol uh, and, uh, and and surveyed uh, two groups of we thought pertinent uh, individuals, uh, a combination of uh, you know office workers, people who are now um, you know working largely remotely and have been since sort of um, you know some uh, some weeks ago, and then the IT IT professionals who, who've had to kind of enable this. Business transformation uh, that the uh, that the COVID pandemic has uh, has caused. I was interested in uh, one of the stats. So more than half of IT uh, teams have not increased their security protocols. Uh, could you go into a little bit more depth about that? Yeah, well, I think in the first instance, people have been looking to um, kind of enable business operations in the new environment. So I think there was a, a focus in the early stages of the pandemic, at least, on um, helping organizations to actually be able to conduct their business remotely. And uh, the security measures and protocols um, failed to, uh, to initially at least kind of keep pace. Now, kind of good news is, is that we've seen, um, you know, I think organizations now try and figure out, you know, what they need to do differently uh, in order to, uh, to protect their new perimeter uh, and their new ways of working. But certainly initially, um, spending on security and the changes in security policies and programs did not keep pace uh, with uh, with the changes in working behaviours and the applications that people were using to conduct business. So what we're really talking about is improving employees' behaviour uh, and better cyber hygiene. This is, this is an ongoing challenge for InfoSec leaders, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, a, a good security policy or posture is one that kind of has every employee, you know, suitably cynical about anything that they receive. Um, uh, because if you think about the environment that, that we're now in, we've got, you know, very large numbers of people remote working, uh, an unprecedented level, level I would say, uh, which, uh, which in- increases the threat surface uh, of, uh, of the business. We've got uh, more and more external communications taking place uh, over these new vehicles. So you extend the perimeter theoretically at least into uh, into the uh, the organization that, that your teams are communicating with um, and the bad guys tend to use environments such as these to mount more frequent 
uh, more frequent attacks. So it's really important that businesses are, uh, are over-communicating the security risks, that they're making their users aware of, um, you know, what good behavior, you know, really looks like and reinforcing that on, uh, on a frequent basis because the, the growth in the perimeter, the growth in the volume of, uh, of communications, the extension of that perimeter, you know, to third parties and the sort of the typical behavior of the bad guys means that, that threat levels uh, in these situations are, are greatly increased. And, you know, despite all of the technology, the individuals themselves, you know, remain one of the key elements, strengths or weaknesses, depending upon how they perform, uh, to, uh, to a business's overall security resilience. I mean, if they, if they, if they click on a link that leads to a, uh, you know, a successful phishing attack, um, you know, it, it almost doesn't matter what that business is invested in, in terms of trying to protect their perimeter. Um, you know, there's the basis of an initial compromise there. So people remain a, a key part of, uh, of any successful security strategy in any business and taking the responsibility to, to be aware uh, and the business communicating, you know, about the risks and the best practices is is critical. Frankly, in this environment uh, where risk is heightened, but but in the general environment uh, as well. Training people remotely must be more of a challenge. Like it, it's not like people can walk into the CISO's office and and uh, talk about some of the risks they might be seeing. Um, what sort of strategies or approaches should InfoSec leaders uh, use at the moment to train and teach their remote colleagues? Well, I think we've 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 been able to pivot to this um, remote um, and uh, communications-enabled sort of style of working. I think incredibly well, and uh, I think it's the responsibility of the security teams to use now all of these mediums. That, uh, that you know that have become the sort of the new normal to make sure that they're educating their team. So, you know, regular email communications about what's going on. If they're seeing, you know, particular types of phishing attacks, making sure the teams are aware of those. Um, hosting, you know, WebExes, communicating best practices, getting people, um, you know, to review uh, short videos pointing the individuals in directions of, uh, of external sources of information. The NCSC, for example, in the UK, you know, publishes quite a lot of good um, sort of layman level information that can help individuals become more aware of how they can protect themselves and their business from a cyber attack. So I think actually, you know, good communication, leveraging the new tools, um, exposing the individuals to, uh, to external sources of information and, uh, and being proactive are uh, a keys to a successful communication strategy and adoption of, uh, of best practices by, uh, by the workforce. What about uh, phishing exercises or crisis simulations during lockdown? It's been suggested that maybe this is not a good time to be doing phishing exercises and crisis simulations. It might be a way of destroying trust with remote colleagues who don't get to see the CISO or the IT teams face-to-face anymore. Should we be doing phishing exercises and crisis simulations remotely? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if, if you think about... Uh, you know, trying to make those those simulations, red teaming, we we call it. Um, but if you think about trying to make those simulations realistic, it's it's really important to run them 
um, whenever the business is, uh, is 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 in or has gone through you know a period of change to make sure that you know you remain as uh, as resilient um, you know as you do in that new changed environment and I think it's really important that people understand that there isn't this sort of invisible force field that's kind of protecting them um, and that they have a responsibility to uh, you know to do that and that businesses need to be able to uh, to respond to uh, the kind of cyber attacks that they're seeing you know at any given point in time and as i'd already said you know whenever we see a kind of a big geopolitical event whether it's a sort of an ele- an election armed conflict in this case a pandemic you know the bad guys tend to leverage those um, events either as as cover um, or uh, to improve the success of their attacks because people tend to be more interested to hear about uh, you know the situation and the things that are going on and so I think now more than ever, actually, given that we've gone through this period of change uh, and are likely to be in this environment for the foreseeable future, um, it's really important to make sure that your kind of, uh, I'll call them your sort of peacetime uh, security policies and procedures are uh, are now, um, you know, really relevant to the current environment where, you know, it's widely reporting, we're seeing, we're reported we're seeing a kind of a growing number of attacks. So I think now is absolutely the right time to be doing it. By the way, businesses should be doing it all the time. But when there's been a significant change, either in the threat landscape, um, however it's caused, um, or the way that they conduct business and their business operations, I think is really important to to make sure that their policies and their procedures stand up um, and uh, make sure that they're resilient and uh, minimize the risk of a successful cyber attack and equally minimize the success um, you know, and the, and the impact that a successful attack can have on their business. We're seeing the future of work being reimagined in front of our eyes, almost on a daily basis. What does the future of cybersecurity look like to match this changed work reality? Well, reimagined as well in many respects. I mean, security is there to protect, you know, businesses and individuals, um, you know, based on how they work, the tools that they use, the assets that they have access to, uh, and the information that they use in order to uh, to, to conduct their, uh, you know, their work. So as the style of business changes, the tools that we're using, uh, new vulnerabilities become apparent. Um, you know, think about, you know, the uh, the, the 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 big focus that uh, that has been on Zoom and uh, and the vulnerabilities that have been widely reported, you know, in uh, in that platform. So you know, I think it's. Uh, I think a successful security strategy is one that is 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 relatively dynamic, um, and uh, and makes sure that the business is sort of set up to defend itself um, and mitigate the risk of a successful a cyber attack, which tends to be circumstantial, tends to be based on the current environment, how they're working, new applications, you know, that they're rolling out, um, how and where people are working and access information, and and actually, if you think about the you know, the new environment, and we've seen a trend towards home working or more flexible working, you know, even before the pandemic, um, we've now seen it uh, become uh, become normal. I think it will maintain that normalcy because the reality is that I, I think we found actually that there's a lot of roles that we didn't think could be done remotely that are working pretty comfortably uh, and effectively remotely. I'm not sure that we'll be traveling as much as we pray, maybe did in the in the uh, uh, the foreseeable future as we did in the past. And so security strategies have to keep pace 
with, uh, you know, with the environment, how we're conducting our business, the tools uh, and data that we're using and recognizing that the traditional perimeter, you know, when I first got into information security, the the perimeter, because there wasn't a lot of remote access in those days, the perimeter was almost the sort of the physical boundaries of, 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 the, of, of, the, of the buildings and facilities that the, the information systems were contained with. Well, that perimeter no longer exists. And so security strategies have to really move from trying to protect the infrastructure um, in, uh, you know, in that physical sense and start thinking much more about you know, two really important areas, I think identity and data so you know who is this person what relationship do they have with me what access do they need in order to conduct uh, their uh, their function and how do we manage issue age and revoke those um, you know privileges and uh, and identities uh, in order to make sure that we don't give people you know more access than they need and therefore increase you know potential vulnerability and equally what, what data do they have access to and how do we apply the right security controls and investments to that data, making sure that we're investing proportionally to the you know, potential value or potential impact of that data uh, were it to leak into, uh, leak into the public domain. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Rich. You're welcome. Thank you. Our thanks to Rich for his time today. As ever, you can access a library of podcasts, video interviews and articles on www.tice.co.uk. Thanks for listening and we hope to welcome you again soon.